Alright, hello, welcome back to Unqualified Analysis, the show is zero qualifications, zero credentials, and just about zero will left to live. The Vikings do that to you sometimes, but <laughs> what else is new? Uh, today we're going through week 15, only three short weeks left of the regular season. Uh, football's almost over, I'm, I'm, I'm already depressed, folks, I'm, I'm pre-depressed already, I was depressed before I even found out. Uh, about the only three weeks left in the regular season, probably another month after that in the postseason. But you know what? We're, it just added to the depression. Okay, but uh, we got a, a lot of stuff happening this week. A heartbreak for your boy, um, more coaching firings, uh, guys that are still just dead in the water, and uh, you know, plenty, plenty more. I mean, we got the, the, the Cowboys making Stephen A laugh once again. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving, truly. Uh, but we got. Lots of stuff to get to, and I'm going to try to get to it in a reasonable amount of time this time around because I am tired uh, both mentally and physically. So let's just crack this bad boy open, shall we? Oh, also, at the end of this thing, stick around or fast forward all the way to the end if you're if you're just here for the gambling picks. I got three for you in this episode going into next week. Um, just basically looked at them. As the game was ending last night on Sunday night, so I mean we got got a couple. I like the like the board, liking the board for next week uh, thus far. That being said, let's crack right into this thing, shall we? Uh, let me just get a quick uh, gulp. Probably gulp down the rest of this coffee. Yep, that'll do it. And uh, let's uh, let's crack into this thing, shall we? Starting off on Thursday night, we had a a murder on live television, just by the only way you can put it. Um, Raiders, I mean, won us some money in emphatic fashion. I'll say that right now. It was forty-two to nothing at halftime. Uh, I don't know what you say to your team if you're Brandon Staley, other than saying, "Boys, do what you want in the second half." I'm fired either way. And uh, yeah, ended up being sixty-three to twenty-one. Just beat the hell out of them. Easton Stick had a, I mean. A uh, good game in garbage time. That's you know that's that's the credit I can give him there. Um, the Chargers look like they quit from I don't know the the first play of the game pretty much, and uh, that's all she wrote. And as expected, that's that's all she wrote for Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco for that matter. Uh, GM, well, former GM now of the Chargers. Both of them were fired on Friday morning after this game. And I'm just, I'm maintaining it's an all-time petty move by Dean Spanos not to fire them in Vegas uh, so they could have some, you know, him, him and Tom Telesco, him being Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco, uh, they were robbed of that night of just blowing off some steam in Vegas in, in a way that you can only really do in Vegas if, you're, if you know what I'm saying. I'm talking gambling. I'm talking drugs. I'm talking sex. All that sort of stuff was robbed from them because Dean Spanos had the had the decency, quote-unquote, uh, to wait for them to get back to L.A. Uh, to fire them. Coward move by Spanos. Uh, just another in a, in a terrible uh, string of decisions. At least have the common decency to put the and the men in a position to absolutely go hog wild uh, after the game. To give them the Lane Kiffin treatment. It might feel bad in the moment. Then five minutes later, they realize, oh, let's just go over the casino floor and gamble uh, roughly $500,000, then head on over to the titty bar and uh, keep the party going from there until about six-ish in the morning. Um, and, you know, that's that's just... That's classic Dean Spanos right there, man. It's a guy that just can't get anything right uh, for the L.A. Chargers. Uh, however... On a serious note, 
Because Justin Herbert is in this this franchise, uh, they're a god awful team this year. They're in cap hell uh, going forward. Uh, they got a lot of work to do, especially on the cap side. They got some tough decisions to make after this. Probably a lot of guys that that in that spending spree were brought over by Tom Telesco. Likely not going to be with the team anymore. But however, since you have Justin Herbert in the building. This is already the most attractive job on the market, and I think that it's going to be hard-pressed uh, to find any job more attractive, um, especially with a clean slate. And usually, I mean, the biggest piece, the hardest piece to find, quarterback, you've already got a bona fide top 10, uh, sometimes a top 5 guy in the building in Justin Herbert. Uh, you bring in an offensive coach like Ben Johnson, you bring in a quality GM candidate, which... Always a nebulous market to go into, quite frankly. I don't know who the hell is good at at, at personnel evaluation, and I'm not sure that uh, the, the guys making the hiring decisions really know uh, who's good in that department either. They just kind of like, hey, uh, who's that guy that I met the other day, had a couple drinks, shot the shit, and just had a good time with? Yeah, hire him. He, seem, he seems like a guy I could have a beer with, as Jerry Jones uh, would like to say. Well, Jerry Jones wouldn't have a beer. You'd have a Johnny Walker Blue with him. Uh, but that, that's besides the point. I don't, I mean, hey, you bring in a good GM, uh, you bring in a guy like Ben Johnson, this thing, I mean, they could be a playoff team as soon as next year, really. I mean, the, the bottom of that division, I don't see the Raiders getting a whole lot better. I mean, yeah, they're six and eight this year, uh, but they're kind of in a weird situation where they got to hire a GM after this year. Hopefully they stick with Antonio Pierce. I think Antonio Pierce has done enough this year uh, to earn a, a go at the head coaching spot. I think that's... Uh, I already made a mistake passion, passing over Rich Bisaccia when he led you to the playoffs uh, in the wake of the John Gruden fiasco. Don't want to make the same mistake twice uh, by not sticking with Antonio Pierce, I would say. That's just a me thing. Uh, just just a me thing. Uh, oh, Geno Smith, by the way, starting tonight for uh, for Monday Night Football. How about that? I'm not not sure it's going to make a whole lot of difference. Got, got Matty Pat, Matty Patricia out there calling plays on defense, the, the madman himself. Uh, but, yeah, that's 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 a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, he's dealing with a groin injury, uh, whatever. Uh, anywho, yeah, Chargers just got the hell beaten out of them, and uh, we'll have to see where it goes from here. Even with all that, that stuff going on, though, even with the cap hell that they are in, I think it's a, a pretty attractive situation that can – probably pick from the litter as far as what head coach they bring in for next season, especially since they're going to have a solid draft pick. I don't know if they're going to win a single game from here on out. I mean, they're five and nine right now. Um, and with the Bills, the Broncos, and the Chiefs to finish this thing out, uh, the, the path to five and 12 is wide open, wide open right now. That'll, that'll surely get you uh, well within the top 10. Maybe get you a guy like uh, like Marvin Harrison Jr. If some of those teams ahead of you decide to go either the offensive line or certainly the quarterback route is a possibility. Um, could get a guy like uh, Roma Dunze out of Washington. It's a really really deep receiver class, and you got no one but Keenan Allen out there. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of possibilities to go with. Or you could go with a defensive player. Their defense does stink, so uh, always a consideration you got to make there. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 um, in spite of of all the cap hell they're going to be in a very attractive job next year just by the virtue of having uh, a guy like Justin Herbert in the building. So that'll be one to watch whenever this thing gets started. Do they go with a guy like Bill Belichick? Do they go with a guy like Ben Johnson? I'm more inclined to think that they go the offensive route because of who they've got in the building uh, with Justin Herbert. 
But hey, if, if Bill Belichick wants to wants to make that trip over uh, across the United States over a couple time zones to to pick it up there, maybe it's something you explore as well. That's going to be a very interesting one. Uh, the day after the Super Bowl, really, or whenever they start doing the hiring, I think it's like right when they get into the playoffs, pretty much when they start uh, doing the hiring in earnest. Um, it's going to be one to watch. It's going to be one to watch the interviews and who they decide to go with uh, going forward. Uh, let's go over to the Saturday game, shall we? Just rip off the Band-Aid, I guess. Uh, the Vikings going to Cincinnati. Looked good for about three quarters. Looked like they were in control. 17-3 going into the fourth. And uh, they lose in overtime. 27-24. Uh, Jake Browning went nuclear in the fourth quarter in overtime. Um, just... Nick Mullins had some just what the hell are you doing sort of interceptions. We had some some attempted tush pushes where you had maybe the smallest guy on offense not named Jordan Addison uh, trying to push Nick Mullins from behind. I don't know why you don't go with like a Ty Chandler or you motion TJ Hawkinson, God forbid, uh, behind the quarterback. I assure you, Brandon Powell is not doing a whole lot of good pushing Nick Mullins in the ass. Uh, if anything, that's just a little bit of a little bit of extra weight on the bench press for the uh, the defensive lineman. I mean, when you got two guys on just plowing down on on Garrett Bradbury, I don't think Brandon Powell is going to make a whole lot of difference uh, pushing behind Nick Mullins. Seriously questionable play calling there uh, at the end of the game. Also questionable officiating. We had one down at the goal line that probably should have been a touchdown. Um, they didn't get time to review it, or the Vikings didn't take a timeout. Uh, either way, it's it's all sadness. Nick Mullins played good enough, though, to where he's going to be the starter next week. That's already been announced. And, hey, Ty Chandler, 132 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, Jordan Addison uh, had his first two touchdowns in quite some time uh, without, you know, with the new quarterback in there. There are some good things to take away from this. It's just, man, it, we, uh, we, we pooped. Right on the bed sheets in uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime, it was it was terrible. It's it's weird. The defense, Brian Flores, give him all the credit in the world. I think has not gotten enough credit. I mean, I think surely, I think the the, the smart football people have given him a lot of credit for being very creative scheme wise. I don't think he's gotten enough credit for just how undermanned this defense is to where he is still getting uh, consistent pressure, um, holding teams down for for the first three quarters. The problem is in the fourth quarter, um, I think over the course of the whole season, if not like the last uh, several weeks or so, they're like the 31st ranked team in uh, scoring allowed in the fourth quarter. We've just been bad. Just been bad for no apparent reason uh, that I can find anyways. I'm not exactly an expert in that sort of thing, but... I don't know if it's just dropping into prevent or if teams start to get the hang of the scheme towards the end of the, the game or something like that. All I know is Jake Browning and co. just absolutely diced up uh, the Vikings secondary. And now Vikings 7-7. Seven seven. Uh, NFC is such a shit show and everyone is just decided to lose this week. So somehow they are still the sixth seed. Uh, my former co-host Zach took me a little bit too seriously uh, when I said... In anger after the game, I don't even want this team to make the playoffs. Obviously, I, I'm a sicko. I'm going to root for victory every single week. If we make the playoffs, I'm going to somehow delude myself into thinking we're going to make it to at least the second round. This is just this is just the sickness of, of being a fan. Um, but yeah, I'm, not, I'm under no illusion. Uh, Nick Mullins at quarterback isn't going to get you to the promised land. Probably good enough at this point to get to the playoffs. Uh, the problem is, 
we got three divisional opponents, uh, two of them being the Lions twice uh, in these final three weeks. It's going to be a tough row to hoe uh, going forward here for the Vikings, and uh, not looking forward to it. Not looking forward to it one bit. Boy, and this is this is a phrase that I never thought I would say just two short years ago. Boy, do I wish we had Kirk Cousins, man. It's, uh, this is a this is a tough tough time without Kirk Cousins. Hell, if we had Kirk Cousins, we might be right in the, the thick of the for the division right now. I think if we had Kirk Cousins. We don't lose against the Bears. Uh, we certainly don't lose against the Broncos. I don't think we lose this game against the Bengals. I think we're legitimately looking at a 10 and 4 team if Kirk Cousins is in the the lineup. It's it's a it's a big old what if game that we'll never really find out the answer to. Uh, but yeah, I I miss having Kirk Cousins on the team. I think there's a pretty good chance we end up signing him for a fairly reasonable you know starting level uh, quarterback contract, which still. Some fans are going to bitch and moan over because the, the going rate for a starting quarterback in the NFL, even one coming off an injury, is probably $30 million a year. Got got the cap space to spend, though. And it, even if we're bringing in a, a rookie quarterback, having a guy like, and I've said this before, Kirk Cousins is probably the very best bridge quarterback you could possibly ever ask for uh, in the NFL. But I, I defy you to find a better bridge quarterback in the NFL uh, than what Kirk Cousins will provide if we do draft a, a quarterback next year. So no matter what, I would, I'd love to see Kirk Cousins back in the lineup next year, um, even coming off of that Achilles. Maybe we won't have the, mo the, not the, the mobility uh, that he's had in previous years, but I'd, I'd love to see him back in there. He's, especially under the Kevin O'Connell scheme, he has flourished in ways that I did not think possible when Mike Zimmer was the head coach. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it uh, going forward here. Bengals, man, I I think I said it last week. I, it's worth saying again. Zach Taylor is so much better of a coach than I thought he was. Uh, I I apologize, man. I thought he was just a Joe Burrow merchant, just skating by uh, on the on the strength of having a ridiculous quarterback and then a ridiculous set of receivers. Um, having Jake Browning in there, it has shown me a lot with just how good uh, this guy is at, at calling an offense, scheming around what he has. Obviously, the receivers and the weapons in that offense help immensely, but got an average at best offensive line to work with. I, all the credit in the world goes to Zach Taylor, man. He uh, he coordinated a hell of a game. Uh, I would venture to say outcoached Kevin O'Connell in this game, which, by the way, this is one thing I want to want to kind of address too, kind of nip in the bud. Um, if you're calling for Kevin O'Connell to be fired, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're you're stupid. You are you are brain dead. Uh, an IQ well below 100. I'll, I'll tell you that right now because that these. Uh, been one of the best coaches, if not the best coach, uh, in that hiring cycle where we got him before the 2022 season. So let's just let's just stop that right now. Um, no one's getting fired after the season because the Wilfs are a good own ownership group uh, that aren't going to act irrationally uh, in that situation. Kwesi Adolfo Mensis has got to get in his bag uh, with getting. I mean, couldn't hurt to draft more linemen. I mean, certainly defensive linemen. We need about a million of those. Cornerback. Uh, we got holes all over the roster still. Um, hopefully, we can keep Brian Flores this season. I've got a, I've got a sneaking suspicion uh, that that lawsuit that Brian Flores has hanging over the NFL is going to preclude him from any future uh, head coaching opportunities until that thing is resolved. Even then, it's we're in an era where teams would much rather have a offensive-minded head coach than a defensive-minded head coach, if for no other reason than 
if you get a quarterback in the building, uh, do you want a guy that is uh, constantly hiring a new offensive coordinator because the quarterback is playing so well and that guy's available? Or do you want the offensive coordinator to be a head coach? Obviously, the Vikings had their way of doing things. And if you have that, that offensive coordinator being a head coach... You got the continuity there for the quarterback to just kind of grow in one system uh, for a while. I I understand it. Uh, That being said, with all that's hanging over Brian Flores' head, um, it it feels pretty likely that the the Vikings will keep Brian Flores as the the defensive coordinator, which is kind of why I love the hire, cynically speaking. Hell, if Brian Flores got hired as a head coach, congratulations to him. It's a much better opportunity, obviously. Go on and get it. However... I loved the hire because I didn't I didn't think a lot of teams were going to be willing to take the risk, and he was probably going to stick around. We'd have a great defensive coordinator for uh, the, the foreseeable future. And I'd, uh, I'd love that. Absolutely love that. So it's going to be a lot of continuity going forward. I don't think the Vikings are going to be winning much this year. Uh, Bengals, they're they're quite they're very much in the hunt right now. They've got some uh, some work to do still. They're one of about a million uh, eight and six teams, I believe, in in the AFC. But I mean, they got the Steelers, Chiefs, and Browns. Uh, going forward, all winnable games. I mean, the Chiefs, who the hell even knows with the Chiefs? But, uh, yeah, a couple winnable games within the division there. We'll have to see how it goes. I've already spent entirely too much time on this game. Uh, let's take a quick let's take a quick break for me to talk about some uh, some college football headlines, though, because I did I forgot to uh, I forgot to to get to those at the top of the show. So a little quick in between here, the, the the interlude between the one o'clock and the four o'clock game on Saturday. Uh, let's get uh, let's run down some quick headlines from uh, the portal recruiting, coaching news, all that stuff in the NCAA. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Kyle McCord. Actually not going to Nebraska. I am dumb. Fun fact there. Also, um, Donovan Raiola is the one that coaches at Nebraska. That would be Dylan Raiola's uncle, uh, not Dominic, his father. Yeah, it's... uh it was quite a week for your boy last week when reporting on Nebraska. Also, uh, Dylan Raiola made it official today as I am recording this. He flipped his recruit his his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska. Huge, gigantic get uh, from Matt Rule uh, over there, building a hell of a program. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's going to get that rig rolling. If not next year, maybe the year after or the year after that, it is only a matter of time before he gets Nebraska back to winning uh, 9, 10, 11 games uh, in a given year. That This is just what Matt Rule does. He builds programs. He does a damn good job at, it, at that. Um, on the subject of Kyle McCord, actually ended up committing to Syracuse. So, a shout out to the new head coach there. Uh, who's it? Fran Brown. Uh, doing a hell of a job there, getting some some good recruiting wins. The the former defensive backs coach at Georgia, shout out to him. Um, however, no offense to Syracuse, but just judging by the option of either Nebraska in the Big Ten, uh, ascending program, or Syracuse in the ACC, which is a lesser conference, um, going up, uh, you know, with a, with a new head coach in the building. I would assume that the starting job at Nebraska was not a guarantee for old Kyle McCord in there, which is, uh, yeah, weird situation. Weird situation, but hey, good for Kyle McCord landing on his feet. I suppose he'll definitely be the starter at Syracuse. And uh, like I said, hell of a get. Hell of a get for Brent, for Fran Brown there uh, over with Syracuse. A couple, uh, well, yeah, a couple portal headlines. First and foremost, 
um, former All-SEC running back for Arkansas, Rocket Sanders. Um, he is on his way to South Carolina. Big pickup for a bad rushing team last year. That should help them uh, immensely. Got to get some offensive line help in there, obviously. But Rocket Sanders certainly helps out a lot uh, for Shane Beamer and co. Huge uh, get there. Also, Ole Miss. Um, it pains me to say, but they're, I mean, just flaming, burning, white hot as the damn sun in the recruiting portal. They have the number one uh, portal class right now. Uh, they just landed Juice Wells in the portal. That is one of a, a bevy of, of four stars or better, wide receiver, uh, defensive line all over the place. They, are, they got 10 wins this past season. They're obviously trying to make the push going into this 12-team playoff era for not only a playoff spot, but a high playoff seed. Um, I, it pains me to say it, but Ole Miss is looking fierce next season. That offense is looking mean, and they're getting a lot of defensive commits. Um, the number one player in the portal right now, Walter Nolan, a transfer from Texas A&M. Really, the, I think the only five-star in the portal right now. Um, he is currently crystal balled uh, to go to Ole Miss as well. So, yeah, I hate it. I, I can't say I like it, but credit has to be given uh, where credit is due. Ole Miss is having a hell of an offseason thus far, and we're not even at National Signing Day uh, just yet. So, buckle up. It could get interesting. Uh, Mississippi State's had wins of their own. Uh, still looking for a couple uh, big-time recruits, though. We, we got it. We got a four-star defensive end today, so it's a, it's a start. But, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm just waiting for that Florida job to come over, open so Lane Kiffin can uh, take up, take the Florida job and take his entire roster at Ole Miss with him. That would be, that'd be ideal. That would be absolutely ideal. And uh, yeah, I'd laugh. I, I'm just, just saying, I'd, I'd laugh. Uh, either way, what else we got here? couple coaching headlines. Uh, former Indiana head coach Tom Allen, he was fired by Indiana this offseason. Ends up landing on his feet, though. Um, the former Indiana defensive coordinator who got promoted to head coach will be going to Penn State to reassume a role as defensive coordinator for this upcoming year after Manny Diaz took the job at Duke. Can't remember if I said that on the show or not, but yeah, he is now the head coach uh, at Duke. Former Miami head coach. Didn't work out great at Miami, but it didn't really get the time to either because Miami heard, oh, oh Mario Cristobal is is available? Uh, why don't we kick old Manny to the curb and go hire a guy that can recruit Florida like just about no one else? And it seems to be working out so far on the recruiting trail for Miami. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good hire by Duke for, uh, for Manny Diaz. Um, I don't know enough about Tom Allen's resume, quite frankly, to say whether the, the hire by Penn State is a good one. Getting a former head coach in the building is not necessarily a bad idea, though. I think this is uh, this is... Probably a solid hire for Penn State. Um, in addition to their offensive coordinator, whose name escapes me, I think I said that on the on the show uh, at at some point here. I think he's already brought someone in. James, James Franklin, I'm talking about, is the he in question. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, final headline here before we jump back into the NFL slate. Notre, Notre Dame offensive coordinator Gerard Parker, he will be the next head coach of Troy after John Summerall got hired by Tulane. Still a perplexing move by John Summerall to go uh, from Troy to Tulane. Seems like a lateral move at best, but what do I know? Um, this is the second straight year where Notre Dame has had to, I mean, replace an offensive coordinator. Last year it was Tommy Reese going to Alabama to be the offensive coordinator there. Uh, this year, Gerard Parker 
getting hired by Tulane. Uh, Marcus Freeman going to have to keep going into, into the bag and picking up new offensive coordinators. We'll see if it works out well uh, this upcoming season. But Troy has his new head coach uh, in Gerard Parker. And uh, there you go. There's, there's your headlines. Let's get back into the NFL, though, shall we? Also, a time check. Time check. What are we at? 23 minutes? Making good enough time. I just got to keep on uh, blowing through these things. Uh, you you shut up, Adobe, Adobe Creative Cloud. I don't need to hear your bullshit right now. Um, Steelers versus Colts. Colts beat the ever-living shit out of them. Uh, even with a skeleton crew in the backfield, even with Gardner Minshew uh, tossing the pigskin, they still won with ease. They got shut out in the first quarter, but... I mean, there's just a flurry of points um, in the second. Really, in the final three quarters, uh, they outscored the, the Steelers 30-7. to It was not close by the end here. Even with Zach Moss going out with a, with a, an arm injury, uh, I believe x-rays were negative on that. So, um, possibility he's back next week. But they were running out like... Tyler Goodson, Iowa's own Tyler Goodson, Trey Sermon, who's now been on like 16 teams or something. That's an exaggeration, but it feels like he's been on 16 teams. Um, just a, like I said, a skeleton crew in the backfield they're running out there, and it, it didn't even matter. They were able to just run away from the Steelers. Uh, they're talking about Mike Tomlin getting his job uh, taken away from him. Which, hey, I would imagine Mike Tomlin, a lot like Andy Reid whenever the, the Eagles fired him uh, back in the day, I would imagine um, I would imagine Mike Tomlin would not have to wait long to get a new job. I think he, maybe the Patriots even take Mike Tomlin uh, if he's available. I I don't know if if getting rid of Mike Tomlin is the way to go, but hey, it's it's your organization, your organizational future. If you want to make that decision, hey, go ahead. They got some serious culture problems though. I mean, especially. Uh, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to single anyone out, but the wide receiver core has been much maligned this year. Uh, a lot of attitude issues, a lot of uh, stuff leaking out of the locker room you wouldn't usually see. Um, yeah, things are bad right now in, in Pittsburgh. They just come, came off losing to uh, two win teams two straight weeks. Then they lose to the Colts this week on the road. It's um, whew, it. It's gonna take. It feels like it's gonna take a miracle for Mike Tomlin to get that uh, that that uh, however many like 18th or whatever winning season in a row. Uh, hey, good luck, T. Good luck, T. I'm uh, you know if if it doesn't work out over there with the Steelers, you can always come back home uh, to Minnesota and uh, be the defensive coordinator if uh, if Brian Flores does somehow get hired away by someone else. Uh, that being said. Yeah, good good win for the Colts, man. They're right in line for a uh, for a playoff spot. Shane Steichen, I mean, book it. It's my he's my coach of the year. Um, especially, I mean, they got uh, this this like coming up: Falcons, Raiders, Texans, and that one against the Texans. Uh, who would have thought coming into the season that a, a game between the Colts and the Texans might be for the division title when it's all said and done? Especially with how uh, banged up that Trevor Lawrence has been over there with the Jaguars, and after they get absolutely destroyed by the Ravens on Sunday night. Uh, th this is looking like it could shape up to be a big-time matchup in Week 18 coming up here. But, yeah, I mean, the Colts, they're well in well in line to get a, a playoff spot right now. It's a loaded, I mean, not really loaded, but a very crowded um, wild-card picture in the AFC right now. With that schedule, though, I mean, they should win against the Falcons this coming week. Uh, spoiler alert, that's that's one of my bets, actually. It's kind of a spite bet, but uh, it is one of my bets. Um, then they got the Raiders, who they should win against at home. And Texans, that should be a dandy of a game, assuming C.J. Stroud is back in the fold there uh, with Houston. 
Um, but yeah, everything they want is in front of them. I mean, ten and seven probably gets you the playoff spot uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, one other thing to come out of this, uh, Demonte KZ um, basically just took Michael Pittman's head off. Not funny, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad, and uh, yeah, he got punished by the NFL for it. I guess he's been doing this on multiple occasions, uh, so yeah, he's suspended for the rest of the season going into the postseason. Um, I'm sure he will appeal that, but um, obviously, I mean, the NFL's been fighting for some bullshit this year, so if, it, if they're fighting for bullshit, they're bringing the hammer down for stuff that's actually egregious, and that, that hit on Michael Pittman was a, a little bit egregious, so I can, I can understand it. Um, I don't love that he got suspended for the rest of the year per se, but uh, I mean it is it is what it is. That's just kind of that's the letter of the law nowadays. So it, it is what it is there. But uh, yeah, another loss in the Steelers uh, secondary, which is already kind of looking uh, pretty thin. It's just Minka Fitzpatrick is he's playing his little heart out, man. I'll, I'll tell you what, he's he's doing the best he can, but there's only so many holes you can fill uh, in in one defense at one position. So yeah. Good luck, Steelers. Good luck. It is looking like there's um, a lot of changes uh, coming in the offseason. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, Mason Rudolph. He'll be starting next week because Mitch Trubisky stinks. Uh, I think it might be the end of the road for old Mitchie boy. Uh, hey, you'll always have that first-round contract, buddy. You'll you'll always have that first-round uh, contract money. Hey, maybe you can get a uh, – maybe you can take Adam Archuleta's job over on CBS. He's been uh, – I don't want to I don't want to disperse the man's name too much, but um, – I don't enjoy his work in the booth. I'll just say that. He had a couple instances this week in the Titans game uh, that were just, um, yeah, not good. Not good. Not good. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Mitch Trubisky can, can come in and do a little bit better uh, than Adam Archuleta can. And, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. We'll just keep it moving. Uh, Broncos got the ever-living shit beaten out of them by the Lions on Saturday night. I mean, my goodness, the, the over. I mean, the Lions basically hit the over by themselves. They, they won 42-17. to 17. Uh, The Broncos just looked. Hapless. I mean, there were there were stretches where I mean they couldn't get a yard at the goal line. I mean, obviously the refs didn't help them. Uh, that phantom def uh, offsides call on there on the offense, which is like there was literally no one offsides. I don't know why they called it. Refs have been doing some wild shit this year, and basically all fronts. Um, a little bit of refing isn't going to help a uh, a 25 point deficit though, which is what this one ended up being. You saw Sean Payton yelling at Russell Wilson on the sidelines, which understandable, I suppose. He's not very good, but uh, tough scene in, in from a natural, national TV audience. Um, Jameer Gibbs is running into form. Amon Ross St. Brown uh, was out of this world. Jared Goff looked like the Jared Goff of the previous couple seasons. He had five touchdowns, no interceptions in this game, and the Lions are back on it, man. They are this close. They're just a, a breath away from locking up the division for the first time since Literally, before I was born, 1993, 30 years ago, was the last time the Lions won the NFC North, and they are right on the cusp of doing just that. Still think they're really just a team that's built to win one playoff game and get bounced by, I mean, be it the, the, the Cowboys, uh, the 49ers, whoever they end up drawing. It, it, it doesn't feel like this is a team built for a stretch run. They are on the cusp. I would say next season, if they make some good defensive additions, 
they could really make a push for a, a possible Super Bowl run. That's not an exaggeration either. They have the they have the horses to do it. They just got to make a couple key additions uh, here and there. Uh, one of them they're going to be getting though towards the the end of the season. C.J. Gardner Johnson. He's coming back from a torn pec that he suffered early on in the season. Um, he will be available as soon as next week, I believe, going into the playoff run. Uh, big guy to get back. He created a bunch of turnovers last year for the Eagles when he played for them. Uh, so that, that's a big get. That's a big get right there uh, towards the end of the season. Maybe that'll help him, you know, for a stretch run a little bit. Hey, weird things have happened. It's not like anyone in the NFC outside of the 49ers looks completely infallible. So could the Lions surprise me? Sure. Sure, they absolutely could. Uh, Broncos on the other side, <clears throat> It's um, they're just not a very good team. I mean, they're... Yes, they beat the beat the Vikings, but uh, the Vikings aren't a very good team either. So that's neither here nor there. Um, they're just been all the credit in the world to Sean Payton. He's been coaching his ass off with this team, uh, really coaching around the deficiencies of Russell Wilson. That I mean, we've talked about it before on this on this podcast here. There, you they are stuck with maybe the worst contract in all of the NFL outside of maybe the Deshaun Watson contract. Uh, with what they've got with Russell Wilson in the building. And uh, I think Sean Payton's done a marvelous job scheming around that. Uh, the problem is you can do that against average or worse teams. When you go up against a team like the Lions, who are a legitimately solid football team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, doesn't quite work out so great uh, in your favor when you go up against those teams. So, yeah, I think Broncos, they definitely got the right guy in the building. I mean, Sean Payton's had one of his better coaching jobs um, of his entire coaching career with this team. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've got some serious limitations at uh, the quarterback position. Uh, secondary outside of Pat Sertain looks fallible, I would say. Fallible is probably the uh, the best way to put it. Defensive line is kind of bereft of talent in a lot of ways. They got some they got some talent acquisition to do uh, before they can really start competing. Uh, that being said, it, it is the AFC, so they could still very easily make a playoff spot. It is absolutely a logjam there at seven and seven, eight and six right now. So anything could happen. Uh, they got the doors blown off them in this game, though. Lions at ten and four on the cusp of winning the NFC North. Let's get into these Sunday games, shall we? The Bears just absolutely <coughs> coughed one up uh, right at the end. I mean, Joe Flacco tried to throw this game away on multiple occasions. I think he had a couple pick sixes uh, in this game. Uh, the problem is he also uh, was absolutely slinging the pigskin down the stretch here. I mean, he had a couple long touchdowns, ended up with 374, had those three interceptions, but two clutch touchdowns. Gets to Duskin Hopkins in the in the position for a go-ahead field goal late with some improbable plays. They get the win, 20-17. to The Bears are 5-9. and They're, I guess, not officially out of it, but they're pretty much done for the year. And um, you know what? It's... It's all gravy, man, because you got that Carolina Panthers uh, draft pick at the end of the day. I mean, no no sweat off your back there. This is probably just a further reinforcement that, okay, um, probably shouldn't overthink this. Just get all that you can out of Justin Fields in a trade this offseason and uh, just go ahead with Caleb Williams, um, excuse me, going into next year or whoever that happens to be. I think... <laughs> My goodness, I just had a, a serious, just a, a, a battle of the bulge coming up with the uh, with the gas coming out of my throat there. I apologize for that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Bears, 
Draft position-wise, yes, the Panthers won this week, and, and the Cardinals got blown the fuck out, so not technically the number one overall pick, but Drake May is not a bad consolation prize, I tell you right now. It's not a not a bad consolation prize at all, especially with a GM that did not draft Justin Fields, a coach that didn't draft Justin Fields either. Probably a uh, uh, probably a good idea to just go ahead and, and pull the plug on that one. Still yet to be seen what the future of Matt Eberflus is, but with the way that that Bears defense has been playing, which uh, all, all credit to them, they have been playing very, very well, and they've still probably got a couple uh, additions away from having a really solid personnel group over there. Um, I think probably would lean towards keeping Eberflus another year, uh, but that's still very much up in the air, I would say. It's, yeah. Browns though nine and five nine and five. I mean Kevin Stefanski. I mean the just a glorious chin and all um, putting together his own kind of coach of the year uh, resume. I mean seven and one at home this year. I mean you had Deshaun Watson go out. You had Nick Chubb go out. Who was I mean the entire offense before he went out pretty much. Um, in the face of all that, still nine and five in one of the toughest divisions in all of football. Really, all, all the credit in the world to them. They are very much in line for a playoff spot right now. I'm not sure how deep they're going to get in the playoffs with Joe Flacco as your quarterback, but um, hey, they're all the credit in the world for even getting to this point. They could have a very much a uh, a coach of the year candidate on their squad as well with Kevin Stefanski. So yeah, I mean, I, Browns get a win there. wasn't pretty, but a win is a win. Uh, let's talk about a game that wasn't exactly pretty for one of the teams, uh, the Packers. My goodness, did Baker Mayfield just dice up Joe Barry's defense. 381, four touchdowns, no interceptions on the day. I mean, just absolutely demolished the Packers' secondary. Um, they The Packers reaffirmed that Joe Barry was, uh, was going to be the defensive coordinator going forward after the game. Uh, the plan is to keep him. Um, it will still continue to keep them from winning games, but... Whatever they got to do, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's just not not a great loss there for the Packers. And in successive weeks where, I mean, playoff hopes were on the line, they just lay just absolute eggs on the field. Tommy Cutlets ran all over them. And you got Baker Mayfield just tossing the pigskin down the field. Four touchdowns to four different receivers. I believe he is the only quarterback, uh, visiting quarterback, in the history of Lambeau Field to come in there as a as an away quarterback and get a perfect passer rating. Um, just, yeah, bad all around for the Packers right now. Just bad, bad, bad. It feels like it's 6-8. and eight. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a far cry away from the playoffs. Even though they're not that far out of the playoff hunt, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough down the stretch here for them uh, to really build some momentum going into the postseason. Buccaneers now, baby, they're in the driver's seat for the NFC South, man. I mean, the Falcons. We'll get to them in just a second. They fucking stink. Uh, but man, I mean, between the Buccaneers, uh, the Falcons, the Saints. I mean, cer certainly not the Panthers. Uh, but those other two teams. Buccaneers are playing the best of those teams right now, man. I mean, the Saints got a win yesterday to stay in that that uh, divisional playoff uh, race, but I mean, the the Buccaneers, man, they're they're kind of turning it on. Todd Bowles getting getting the boys playing a lot better than I thought they would be this year. Probably giving him another year at the helm if I had to guess, unless they just fall apart down the stretch here, end up at like seven and ten or something. But hey, Baker Mayfield having a bit of a resurgence, showing that he's probably going to be at the very worst a backup for the next 
decade and change in all likelihood. Hey, things are good. I mean, times are good down there in Buccaneerland. They're they're doing well, and uh, they've got what could be a uh, a game for the division title. The last week, of, well, second to last week of the season, they're playing the Panthers the last week of the season. So that's I mean that's should be a win. They're at the Panthers, which hey, it's it's been an obstacle for teams before. Certainly this past week, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Jaguars, who aren't playing well, could be playing against C.J. Beathard there on uh, on Christmas Eve this next week. Then they got the Saints and the Panthers. It's all right in front of them. If they win out, I think they certainly end up getting that, that division title. Um, well, yeah, they would absolutely get the division title because one of those wins would be over New Orleans. And at best, at that best, uh, New Orleans would be 9-8 and eight at their very, very best. So, yeah, winning out gets them the division title, gets them a hosting a playoff game uh, in the first round. So, Hey, ceiling is the roof for this team, man. Ceiling is the roof. Uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, on the other side, I would strongly suggest a coordinator change at the defensive coordinator. You know, just a, uh, j j just a, just a friendly suggestion from your local Vikings fan here, Caleb. Uh, Joe Barry stinks, and uh, maybe you should go with a defensive coordinator who notably doesn't stink. Just, just a thought. Just a thought. Um, Jordan Love's still solid though, so hey man, good for you there. Still, it looks like you got your quarterback for the future, so that's that's good. That's good. Clean up the clean up the mechanics, but other than that, no solid, solid, solid. Uh, Texans uh, without C.J. Stroud in the concussion protocol for this game versus the Titans. Um, they had Case Keenum starting, and initially didn't look great. It didn't look awesome there uh, in the first half. He throws a pick six. Uh, the Titans were up 13-3 at halftime. Then all of a sudden, the Miracle Man just goes to work. We remember the Minneapolis Miracle uh, back in 2017, uh, which is you know one of the highlights of my football-watching career here. Uh, he did it again in this one. Takes the, the Texans all the way back, gets them to overtime, and in overtime hits, I believe it was Daria Gumbawale, down the sideline for like a 40-yard play, gets them in field goal range, two seconds left, Kaimi Fairbairn hits it, nails it, Texans 8-6, and six, very much still alive, a win that was, I mean, they absolutely had to have without, uh, without uh, what's his name, C.J. Stroud in the lineup. Uh, about the name. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, either way, I'm just I'm I'm reading tweets on the side here. My brain is all sorts of scrambled, like eggs scrambled like a motherfucker right now. Uh, but 1916 wasn't pretty, but they get the win. Uh, Titans, you know they're five and nine. Um, Will Levis, their promising looking young quarterback, had one good drive to start the game. D didn't end up going great after that, but then ultimately. I believe it was in the fourth quarter. He goes out with a high ankle sprain. That's what it was diagnosed as uh, today. Quarterbacks are different, so he'll probably be week to week or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Might be Ryan Tannehill time there for the uh, the, the rest of the season. They're not going to make the playoffs, so uh, no reason to really drag this thing out. Um, hey, gritty win by the Texans, though, man. Gritty, gritty win. This could ultimately be the one that they look back and say, yep, that was the one that ultimately got us uh, the division title here in the AFC South. Them and, I mean, hey, them, the, the Jaguars who aren't playing well and the Colts who are really playing well, all very much in it for this division title. And they could have uh, two playoff teams. I doubt they have three playoff teams in this division, uh, but certainly possible. AFC South, way better than we gave credit for coming into the season. So, hey, shouts out to all of them. Um, outside of that, 
Yeah, yeah, we'll just keep it moving. Uh, Jets got eliminated from playoff contention for the 13th straight season, longest current streak in American pro sports, not just football. I'm talking basketball, baseball, hockey, uh, and football. All of it, no one's been worse, and no one has a worse uh, playoff drought currently than the New York Jets. Um, yep, Miami just beat the piss out of them, 30-0. to, to zero. Uh, Zach Wilson... Had a head injury that they were saying was, wasn't a concussion, then just went into the concussion protocol, I believe, today. So, yeah, definitely not a concussion, just a head injury. What else? Yeah. It, people get head injuries all the time that aren't concussions. What's Come on. Come on, guys. What are you, sheep? So you, just, you just believe that every head injury is a concussion? Come on. Come on. Brains just get wiggly sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. But, uh, yeah. I don't really expect a whole lot of changes for the Jets. And, honestly... There were rumblings like, hey, if they won this game, Aaron Rodgers probably gets cleared. He probably comes back for that game against the commies next week. So would have been right. That's, you know, that's I'll, I'll notch that in my belt of things that I was right about. But, yeah, they just didn't get the win here. They got absolutely smoked by the Dolphins. Even without Tyree Kill, didn't matter. Didn't matter one bit. Jalen Waddle picked up the slack admirably. Eight receptions, 142 yards, a touchdown. Raheem Mostert. Uh, got 19 touchdowns on the year. Now, I believe he set the franchise record for touchdowns in a season. He's having an incredible year. Um, beat out Devon A-Chain, who you all know how I feel about him. I love I love me some Devon A-Chain, man. Very deep back, backfield there for the Dolphins. Yes, this is another bad team they end up beating up on, but 10-4 is 10-4, man. They are running away uh, with the AFC East at the moment. On a collision course with the Dallas Cowboys next week, and they get them on the road, which is a huge thing because it Dallas Cowboys buzzsaw at home, not so much on the road. So that'll be one to keep an eye on uh, going forward. Jets stink, though. They're they're probably in line to get another high draft pick uh, this upcoming year. Might as well just go draft an offensive lineman. Joe Alt probably just going to be sitting there depending on what whether they win uh, any of these games coming up. Uh, but uh, yeah, Joe Alt, Olufashanu, you got some options there at the top of the draft, which is where they'll probably be looking. So uh, stay tuned. That's that's pretty much all you're playing for right now. Also, maybe Nathaniel Hackett's job, but with Aaron Rodgers there, who's to say anything happens with that one? They're, they're, they're best buddies, so I, I would imagine Rodgers has some say uh, with how that offense goes going forward. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is there. And it, shut out. I believe for they've been shut out multiple times this season. I could be totally wrong on that with the Jets, but uh, just not a great season in New York. It hasn't been a great year since really Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan were there. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough, tough times over there with New York. Uh, talking about tough times, uh, the Patriots lose another one there, 3-11 after they lose to the Chiefs, 27-17. Uh, we got another just hilariously bad play from Kadarius Toney. Um, dropped a ball that went, you know, straight into the hands of a defensive back for an interception. Uh, that that counts as an interception for Patrick Mahomes, which is complete and utter bullshit. It, it is what it is there. Ultimately, water under the bridge. Chiefs get the win. Rasheed Rice, as the season has gone on, he has gotten better and better and better to where he is clearly the number one wide receiver on the team. He's still got Travis Kelsey, obviously. He's a force to be reckoned with in the middle of the field. But Rasheed Rice has just continuously gotten better uh, throughout the course of this season. So, I mean, again, outside of Rasheed Rice and maybe Justin Watson, probably just, just hit the dump button on the rest of that receiving core. 
Um, starting with Kadarius Tony, I don't care what kind of cap hit you have to get. I think he's still on a rookie contract, so not a huge cap hit. You cannot bring Kadarius Tony back. He is uh, he's bad. He's just not very good. He's I mean an explosive athlete, but uh, just just not very good. And everyone outside of that. Yeah, it's a total reset coming from the Chiefs. Again, like I was saying, in context uh, with the Chargers, very deep wide receiver class this year. I would imagine they're going to get at least one or two of those guys in the top couple rounds, I would imagine. Uh, a Patriots side, we've got another report suggesting that uh, Bill Belichick is going to be out after this season. I'm still in wait-and-see mode. It feels more likely that he leaves than not, uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna wait and see until it actually becomes official. I don't know. I don't I don't know there what what that's gonna end up being, but uh, I don't know. we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, I it can't keep going on like it has gone at least on the offensive side of the ball. That's that's for damn sure. Otherwise, nothing's gonna change. But three and eleven, I mean, the worst season that Bill Belichick has probably ever had. So, it, not not great times in Patriot Land. But they're gonna have a a really high pick probably going to end up being a quarterback we shall see we shall see there's a lot of needs especially on that offensive side of the ball so it could be anything up at the top there uh the saints uh that tommy cutlets run was fun wasn't it i mean they they just absolutely abused the man anti-italian discrimination as the saints defense was saying grazie prego doing the old italian hands there uh the the the, the um the signature celebration, I suppose you could say, uh, for Tommy DeVito. And uh, the Saints get the win 24-6. to uh, The fact of the matter was one of those teams was pushing for a playoff spot. Uh, the other one was the Giants. So, yeah, Saints took care of business there. They are trying to just keep on winning until they get to that uh, that matchup with the Bucks. Again, that'll likely tell the tale on who wins the division there uh, with the NFC South. No disrespect to that final week of the season, but the Saints uh, and the Bucks uh, coming up in Week 17, that is going to be a monster matchup for both teams. It, it could all be over this next week, though, because the, the Saints are on the road at the Rams, and I really like the Rams in that spot, too. Also, they play the Falcons in Week 18, which... I don't care how fucking terrible the Falcons have been. They they always play the Saints tough, and the Saints always play them tough. It is a rock fight every single time uh, those teams end up playing. So, just based on schedule dynamics, I feel like I feel like the Bucks got a, a much better, easier path uh, to get to the promised land than what the Saints do right now. Also, I'd say the Bucks are probably a better team overall uh, than what the Saints are right now. But uh, hey, they they get the win when they needed it. They just got to keep stacking those up, and they'll they'll get to where they want to go. Uh, Derek Carr, solid game in this one. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, I would say there's still still rumblings, still rumblings in that building to say the least. Uh, I guess we'll talk about it now. Uh, the only bet that I lost over the course of this weekend, five and one otherwise, on fire uh, on my picks this week. Um, the Falcons. Uh, they lose uh, a robust 9-7 to game with about 15 people in the stadium uh, at, at Carolina. I, You know, this was kind of a, a, a joking sort of uh, thing going around that David Tepper bought up all of the all the tickets uh, just so they wouldn't have the, the embarrassment of the listed price being like 45 cents to get into the Panthers game. I don't think that's far from the truth because there was literally, there, there could not have been more than... Uh, 5,000 people there, maybe, 
that's a big time, maybe 5,000 in, in the stadium right there. I mean, it was damn near empty in that place. Uh, looking like a baseball game at the Oakland A's uh, over in that in the, over in that stadium in Carolina, and the attendance uh, as far as tickets that were sold was like seventy seven thousand. So something smells slightly just a little fishy there with that uh, with that attendance. Uh, I think David Tepper, uh, being as rich as he is. Uh, could spare a couple million just to make sure that he bought up all those tickets uh, and you know bumped up those uh, those those numbers there just so he wasn't getting blacked out uh, on the national television circuit. Um, I, I assume anyone who is stuck watching this game wishes the game was blacked out. Quite frankly, though, it was it was bad. It was bad. Uh, Desmond Ritter is god awful, terrible. Looks like he's getting benched for Taylor Heineke again, and I once again continue to wonder. Um, why you didn't go after Lamar Jackson. I, I understood where you were going as far as trying to commit to Desmond Ritter this past offseason. If, if he works out, it's a guy in a rookie deal uh, who's, you know, very cost-effective as far as building around. Uh, but to not even go after Lamar Jackson, boy, that's uh, that's a head-scratcher. That's, that's a head-scratcher right there. Also, man, Arthur Smith, you, you, you got to do yourself some favors, man. Like the 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 head scratching usage of all the weapons continues to happen. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, all once again kind of no shows in this game. Um, play calling. I mean, Tyler Algier led the led the team in carries, which once again, what are, what are you doing, man? Um, I want you to stick around. I think you're a dynamic play caller and a really good uh, schemer of run game. But Jesus Christ, you keep just, you're not doing yourself any favor, favors there, Arthur. And I'm sure, I'm sure if you do get fired, you're going to find yourself right back in Tennessee once again. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I'm sure, has got the spot just waiting for you to come on back in. But my God, can you at least try to keep your job? Like, just just try. <laughs> just try. You cannot lose this game. I know it's on the road. You don't exactly have a home field advantage for the Panthers, though. They were, there was no one there. There was absolutely no one there. Yes, the game was sloppy, but with the way you scheme up a run game, that should play right into your favor there, Arthur. It's just just a bad, bad scene all around. They had probably the best roster in the entire division, and they just pissed it all away. Pissed right down their legs, shit their pants while they were at it too, and I would say the Falcons are probably out of it. They're not technically out of it, but at 6-8, and eight, probably out of it here in the in the NFC South, and you know what? Good riddance, man. I'm done betting on them for sure. In fact, I've got a spite bet on them coming this very week, which they could come back and bite me straight in the ass. But it, it, this is the principle of the matter right now. I'm pissed. I'm pissed at the Falcons right now for what they did to me. Um, the only bet that I lost, I would like to reiterate that, the only bet that I lost this weekend. Uh, anyways, let's move on from that. Now, also, Panthers, I mean, hey, you're, you're pissing in the, in the Bears' Cheerios, which I love to see. You're, I love to see. You're no longer the number one overall pick, that set, that pick that you sent to the, the, the Bears. Uh, so, hey, that's, that's a bright spot, I suppose. Poor Bryce Young. Poor Bryce Young. Uh, anyways, the Commanders go on the road to the Rams, and the Rams get the win 28-20. to Got a little bit interesting there at the end. Uh, really, just from a covering perspective, uh, had a two-point conversion just sitting there. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was in late for... Still not entirely sure what reason. I don't know if Sam Howell was banged up or just simply not playing well. Uh, but he got pulled for Jacoby Brissett late. Jacoby Brissett scores a touchdown, and they go for two. And if they went for two and they got it, 
Uh, that would have been the second bet that I lost of the day, but thankfully, thankfully, they don't get it. They preserve the cover for me. 28-20, to 20, the Rams get the win. They're 7-7. Seven seven. I think they're currently in the 7th seed in the playoffs right now. And they got a, a matchup with the Saints coming up this week. So big time, big time implications uh, for that final playoff spot uh, coming up in that game uh, this coming week. Looking forward to that one for sure. Kyron Williams, by the way, an absolute revelation. By far the best running back that Sean McVay has had in that offense uh, since Todd Gurley was there. He had 27 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown in this game. Um, and when the run game is going for that Rams offense, it is damn tough to stop. You got Matt Stafford slinging the ball. Not a whole lot of teams, record be damned, not a whole lot of teams playing better than the Los Angeles Rams right now. Sean McVay has been in his bag uh, this season. Raheem Morris on the other side doing a solid job of his own with an, uh, a defense that really playing better than what the personnel would suggest. So just a great job all around uh, for that team down there in L.A. I mean, good draft picks there with Puka Nakua. Uh, just you can't can't be anything but just happy as hell, happy as a clam uh, with what you're seeing there with the Rams. Uh, commies wise, it's sad. I mean, the whole coaching staff is pretty much just dead men walking at this point. So what what else is there to say? They're just you know, bad clock management, uh, bad football in general. They're four and ten. Uh, they're gonna have a hell of a draft pick uh, for someone not named Ron Rivera to make. The draft pick, and uh, yeah, that's yeah. We'll we'll see. That's just uh, I I prefer not to be depressed, so I won't think about that one too much. <gasps> Excuse me. Forty ers got into a bit of an unexpected track meet with the Arizona Cardinals, but they still end up winning by sixteen. They they cover the thirteen and a half. Doesn't matter that I got a bad number. Still end up getting the cover on that one, anyways. Forty five to 21, 29, The final score. Uh, Christian McCaffrey went nuclear, three touchdowns in this game. Brock Purdy threw for four touchdowns in this game, one of them a wide-open pass uh, to Christian McCaffrey. And, yeah, the 49ers are rolling right now, 11-3. The only three games they lost were in games where they didn't have Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. With those two in there, they are undefeated this year, and they are eviscerating teams, absolutely eviscerating teams. Uh, with the bad performance by Dak that we'll talk about here in just a second, uh, Brock Purdy with that four touchdown performance, probably your MVP front runner at the moment. Um, and he made the he made the case for Christian McCaffrey to be MVP after the game, which ironically probably strengthens his own MVP case because voters are idiots and they love the storyline. Oh, he's such a humble guy. Look at him giving credit to all of his teammates. Well, I want him to be MVP even more this year. That's just you know. It's a it's a dumb narrative award. They need to they need to change it up a little bit. Uh, it's yeah it's it is it is what it is. There uh, looks like Brock Purdy probably in the driver's seat, and honestly, he's playing an absolute juggernaut of an offense. But he's quarterbacking it better than just about anyone has. Um, I would I would say probably even better than Matt Ryan that one year he had with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean Brock Purdy is slinging the damn ball. Don't get me wrong, he's easily a top ten quarterback. Uh, this year, and he's playing better than just about anyone in the league right now. Just from an efficiency perspective, uh, from top to bottom, he has been one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the entire league uh, as far as his numbers are concerned this year. So, if he were to get the MVP, wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't wouldn't be shocked in the least. Uh, Cardinals, actually, no, the Cardinals are three and eleven. So, yeah, I think the Panthers do still have the number one overall pick. Uh, so, hey, you're still sitting there, still sitting pretty for Caleb Williams if you are the Bears uh, at this very moment. Uh, but yeah, 
Cardinals, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Cardinals is the Cardinals. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on them. You all know what it is there. Um, got Trey McBride, though. Got got Trey McBride. Nice little rookie tight end there. 10 receptions, 102 yards. And he's still got still got Kyler Murray play, playing very well this year uh, in Spurs. Just needs a little bit of help around him. So, yeah, good stuff. Good, good stuff to build off of. Just not a whole lot on the roster overall. Um, the Bills just beat the... Beat the piss out of the Cowboys. It was it was shitty. It was rainy. Uh, Josh Allen had less than a hundred yards. He had a quote after the game saying he feels like the kid in the group project that did nothing but still got an A. Pretty apt comparison uh, because James Cook was the offense yesterday. I mean, twenty five carries, hundred seventy nine yards, a touchdown on the ground, and the Bills just like I said E viscerated the Cowboys 31 to 10. Uh Dak Prescott bad game, 134 yards, one interception. Um they got into opponent territory like three or four straight times in the first half and came away with nothing. That should tell you uh just about all you need to know uh, about how this game ended up going. It was it was a shellacking, a bloodbath. In this one, if you are a Cowboys fan, I have got an excuse for you to lay out there for people who give you shit this week, though. I would probably be one of those people, by the way. So this is just, you know, this is just game. I'm just putting on it right now. Um, it would appear that, like, half the team for the Cowboys, like, at least, like, half the starters uh, had a stomach bug this week. They had the flu, threw off their rhythm in practice. So if anyone comes at you like, oh, the Cowboys stink, they're frauds, just tell them, hey, the whole team was sick, man. The whole team was sick. We couldn't get a, a full week of practice in. That's what's going to happen. The Bills are a really good team, right? And you can't go into a team like the Bills. You can't go into that house, into that madhouse there in Buffalo and say, uh, let's just do this thing when everyone's just just, just busting out of both ends. You got you got butt piss city. You got, you got puke coming out of the mouth with reckless abandon. You can't win a game like that. You simply can't win a game. So there. Just putting up, putting up on a little bit of game. If anyone tries to give you shit, just tell them, hey, you can't win a game when you got butt piss city going around the locker room. That's 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 the that's a damn fact. That's a damn fact. Uh, impressive win by the Buffalo Bills, though. They're eight and six. I think they need a little bit of help ahead of them right now. But I mean, they got through a gauntlet of uh, the Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys going two and one in that stretch. Um, two of those games being on the road. The only game they lost was a nail biter to Philadelphia. Um, 37 to 34. Now they still have the Dolphins in Week 18, which would probably be a consequential one at the very least for the uh, for the Bills. Dolphins might be resting starters in that game, but for the Bills, going to be a very consequential one. But you got the Chargers, who are hapless. They should win that game this upcoming week. And then they got the Patriots, who get the revenge there. I don't know why you lost to them 29 to 25 earlier in the season, but you got a chance to make it right coming up there. Then you got the Dolphins in week uh, week 18. Could very well win out, go 11-6, and six, and uh, end up with a playoff spot when it's all said and done. It is all very much right in front of them uh, going forward right now. So I, Buffalo Bills, they're firmly a team that's um, probably playing better than just about anyone else in the AFC right now. And they've got an elite top five quarterback, a defense that's playing out of their minds right now, and a running game that's under Joe Brady gotten substantially better 
they are really playing their asses off right now. They're they're really impressing me with what they're doing, and they could be rolling into the playoffs when it's all said and done. We've seen low seeds uh, come in and run the table, go all the way to the championship, and in the AFC right now, with how wide open it is, no one team uh, has really just grasped this, firmly grasped it, as, as Patrick Starr once said, and um, uh, punched their ticket really as the top team in the conference. Uh, hey, Watch out for the Bills, man. If they get in, they might be they might be my favorite to go to the the Super Bowl out of the AFC. That's that's just how well they're playing right now. That's a team you need to be watching right now uh, if you're paying attention. We wrote them off whenever they lost three of four earlier in the year, um, but they could they could really make some noise. A team that was once six and six now eight and six with a very favorable schedule down the stretch. Uh, this could this could tell the tale. This could tell the tale of uh, of what their playoff chances are, and um, yeah, that very impressive what they've done here recently. Uh, final game of Sunday, just a brisk. Uh, oh, making good time. Hour and three minutes into the podcast, uh, we can hit this one pretty quickly. Ravens just dominated the Jaguars from start to finish. Uh, pretty much exactly what I thought was going to happen happened. Uh, not a whole lot of movement from uh, from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Ravens pass rush did a hell of a job against Trevor Lawrence in this game. Ravens get the win 23-7. Isaiah Likely was in his bag in this game. Lamar Jackson was looking very efficient on the ground. I mean, that... The, the, the Jaguars' pass rush was just in a pretzel trying to get Lamar Jackson on the ground. There were a couple plays where he just danced around for like seven or eight seconds, threw across his body into the middle of the field, which for 99% of quarterbacks is a bad thing. But when Lamar Jackson's doing it, he's creating like 20-some yard plays, uh, getting first downs. Lamar Jackson was absolutely in his bag in this game. Um, unfortunately, dynamic rookie running back, really fast uh, kid, Keaton Mitchell, uh, hyperextended the absolute shit out of his knee, tore his ACL. He, he's done for the season. But Gus Edwards, in the word of former President DJT, Donald J. Trump, uh, just a massive man, a, a, a giant of a man, uh, and he's you know he's there holding down the fort, and he's still got when Lamar Jackson is your your quarterback, the running game is just much much easier to get going, uh, no matter who you got in the backfield. So, wish the best for Keaton Mitchell. It sucks that he uh, is going out like that, but it's not the most dire situation in that backfield. You you can you can sustain some losses when you got Lamar Jackson as your quarterback. Uh, the Ravens though, I mean eleven three now. Very much in the driver's seat for that one seed going forward. Um, it, it, it feels like they're going to end up getting that home field advantage with a really solid head coach, really solid offense. Um, weapons galore on that offensive side of the ball with, with Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman's playing well. Isaiah Likely is kind of starting to, to round into form as that guy that uh, you were hoping he would be when they drafted him in kind of high a couple years ago in the draft. Uh, a freak athlete for sure. Really coming into his own without Mark Andrews in there. He stepped up big time in a way that I think uh, everyone thought that he kind of had to for them to continue to have this momentum. Ravens, man, I mean... They're inconsistent at times. They had to kind of eke one out last week against a, a really good Rams team, uh, and they've kind of just dropped some inexplicable ones uh, at times here. But a, a really solid football team, and um, it, it feels like them and the Bills are kind of on a collision course right now. I don't know what's going to go on with Kansas City. Kansas City could very well find their way in the AFC Championship game, and then lo and behold, uh, they get a couple lucky bounces here and there, and then Patrick Mahomes has them in the Super Bowl once again. I could very much still see that happening, but... 
The Ravens and the Bills just seem to be playing just about better than anyone else in the AFC right now. And I'd uh, continued in this one. As for the Jags, boy, it's... Ooh, yeah, the, the Jags are they're danger close right now, man, with how much of a log jam it is at the bottom of the AFC uh, for that, that wild card spot. They could very well find themselves out of the playoff race at the moment. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is in the concussion protocol, and the track record has been uh, for quarterbacks, really just anyone going to the concussion protocol, very rare for a, a player to go into the concussion protocol and then come out in the same week. So I would say it is an uphill battle uh, for Trevor Lawrence to play in this upcoming game at the Buccaneers this upcoming week, which is a that would be a tough loss, and that would probably put the onus on the Buccaneers to end up winning that game. But three straight losses for the Jaguars. You lose to the Bengals, you lose to the Browns, you lose to the Ravens. And, I mean, you got a couple winnable games on the stretch. I mean, you got the Buccaneers, Panthers, Titans, which in theory should be games that you could win. However... Man, with the way they've been playing, the way that defense has just been porous over these last just several weeks of the season, I mean, the Jaguars are just not playing very good football right now. They could very well find themselves on the outside looking in. Um, they're Of the three teams in the, in the AFC South um, that are 8-6, and six, they're playing the worst right now. They're currently the number one team in that division just by virtue of tiebreakers and whatnot, but uh, they have the worst point differential of those teams. And they've got, I mean, second most points allowed to Indianapolis right now. Well, second worst point differential, too, because Indianapolis has got a plus one point differential. So I was wrong. Sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, it's just um, it's not been looking good for the Jacksonville Jaguars down the stretch right now. It feels like I don't know if they're going to end up making the playoffs. I don't, I don't know if they're going to end up making the playoffs. It feels like Houston and Indianapolis might be the teams that make the playoffs out of this division, which you told me that coming into the season. Boy, I would have got you drug tested, man. You must be high. That, that's what I would have told you. But, uh, yeah, it's whew, it's it's tough times in Jacksonville. And you got to be asking some serious questions about um, defensive personnel for sure, offensive play calling. Everything's got to be looked at if you bring this roster into the season and you end up missing the playoffs. Still got all every, everything they want in front of them, but right now it's it's not looking pretty. It is not looking pretty right there in Jacksonville at the moment. Uh, that is it for the recap right now, though. So, uh, with that said, let me just quickly get you a couple picks, and then we'll get on out of here. So, coming up this week, and I'm going to add more as the week goes on, just a couple, I uh, actually got four picks for you uh, to end this thing off. Uh, just a couple that I found uh, favorable, and that at least one of them that you probably want to move on quickly because it's it's moving very quickly in the direction that I bet it. Um, first and foremost, we got the Rams minus four uh, versus the Saints on Thursday night. I love, love, love that line. I think the Rams are a head and shoulders better team uh, than what the, the Saints are right now. I think they can force the Saints to turn the ball over. Um, I think they can get pressure on Derek Carr, and I think they can stop the running game uh, with Aaron Donald there in the middle. So I, I love that. I absolutely uh, love that line at the moment. I'm just trying to figure out. Give me just a second. Got to bring up Wii 16. Yep, and that is still minus four, so you can you can still bet that. Um, also, got the Packers at the Panthers. 
If you're giving me minus four, I know the Packers have been playing bad here recently. Um, it's actually moved to four and a half, minus five in some places. So I would move on that quickly if I were you, if you're if you're looking to bet that line. Uh, yeah, I think the Packers, they haven't been playing well, but they're playing well enough to beat the damn Panthers right now and beat them soundly. So yeah, minus four, love that line for the Packers uh, this upcoming week. I uh, got the Colts at minus two. That's a full disclosure. That's a spite bet. They're they're playing at the Falcons, and the Falcons are on my shit list. They're on my do not bet list for uh, the rest of the season. Really, maybe until the end of time because it's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm seeing some one and a halfs in some places. I think basically just specifically Fanduel. I think has a one and a half out there for you. I got them at minus two. I think the Colts win this game. By a field goal or better. I don't know how close it's going to be, but I, I think the Colts are going to win this game. So I got them at minus two. And the 49ers, I have got them minus five versus the Ravens. The Ravens have been playing very, very well recently. Uh, the 49ers are on a different level, a absolute different stratosphere than everyone else right now. And it's they, they seem like the clear best team in the NFL, and it doesn't even really seem that close at the moment. Um, I believe it was like minus four. Um, initially, and that bumped up quickly to five and a half. So I'm getting that now, and I would encourage you to get that as soon as possible. Um, at, at at your leisure, I would say, but try to get that as soon as possible because I imagine it's going to continue to move in the 49ers' direction. I got them at minus five and a half. I just think, especially 49ers at home, they are a buzzsaw to be reckoned with. So uh, they had a, a little bit of trouble last week with uh, Kyler Murray being a mobile quarterback. I would I would anticipate that still being a problem with uh, Lamar Jackson this upcoming week, but um, the nightcap on Christmas, I am I am taking uh, the Ravens, uh, not the Ravens, I'm taking the 49ers over the Ravens minus five and a half. Give it to me. So yeah, Rams minus four, Packers minus four, Colts minus two, 49ers minus five and a half. So yeah, there you go. There are your, your early picks. I'll probably add another two or three. Uh, going into the weekend, so stay tuned on Thursday for that. With that said, though, thank you so much for tuning in to Unqualified Analysis. We do this twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Probably going to get into a bowl game preview here at some point, maybe next week. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we're getting right into the meat of bowl game scheduling right now. So, again, stay tuned. Um, until then, though, I, if you enjoyed, Hit the like, hit the subscribe, you know, do whatever you got to do, be it on Spotify, Apple, uh, YouTube, wherever you're, wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and smash that like, smash that subscribe, share with a friend even, help me grow this bad boy a little bit. Um, if you want to keep up with all things Caleb, just follow me on Twitter at Caleb Verzek and, you know, shoot me a DM if you're trying to uh, comment or contribute to the show. If you want to say bad things, just don't bother. I don't want to, I don't want to hear those sorts of things, but if not, Hit my line. Why don't you go go ahead and hit my line, or go to the email unqualifiedanalysis at gmail.com. That will also be in the description down below if you want to hit me up there. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to Unqualified Analysis. As always, I've got no clue what I am talking about, but fun fact: uh, Uranus. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to bear with me on this one. This is a long one. Uranus's axis is tilted 97 degrees, meaning. Uh, compared to the rest of the solar system, the planet is essentially uh, just on its side. So instead of rotating like this way, with, you know, say the sun is over here, the Earth rotates this way, Uranus is on its side. So it's rotating like this, as such. I hope I have been clear. If you're listening on podcast, I'm sorry. You have no idea what I'm talking about. But it is what it is there. But yeah, compared to the rest of the solar system, the planet is essentially on its side 
and rotates in more of a north-south direction by Earth standards uh, parallel to the sun. That means for half of its orbit, half of its uh, of its year, which we have already uh, established last week, 84 years for it to rotate all the way around the sun or orbit all the way around the sun. So for 42 years, one side is completely dark while the other side uh, gets light. And in the other half of the, the orbit, it switches so the formerly dark side gets light and the formerly light side is dark uh, for the remaining 42 years. Uh, so yeah, there's your, there's your weekly update on what's going on with Uranus. So hope that was educational. Hope that made sense. If not, I don't know, go read a book. Have a good one, folks. See you on Thursday.